the market is expecting. And I think we all expect a little bit of a pause from the Bank of Canada. I think there's going to be some stability in the near term with some interest rate policy. And this might be the news that investors have been looking for to move towards some longer duration product or adding back duration to their portfolios. Welcome to Views from the Desk, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. In these timely episodes, we provide the latest investment news and expert commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing. Brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. The Bank of Canada has sent a pretty clear signal that rate hikes are on pause until further notice, opting to evaluate how the latest and perhaps last 25 basis point increase will impact borrowers and the broader economy. In today's episode, portfolio managers Chris Heeks, Matt Montemiro, and your host Mackenzie Box discuss why the BOC's guidance is a reason to look at long bonds again. They also dive into four new ETFs from BMO GAM, two covered call equity ETFs, and two new U.S. fixed income funds that will benefit investors looking to add duration back into their portfolios. Before we hear from the team, please consider subscribing to Views from the Desk on your preferred podcast platform. And for many more ETF insights and resources, visit the new and improved Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. Welcome back to our BMO ETFs weekly insight podcast with our team of experts. Thank you to everyone for continuing to tune in and to provide comments and questions about our podcast. I'm today's host, Mackenzie Box, and product at BMO Global Asset Management. And I am joined by Matt Montemiro and Chris Heeks, who are both portfolio managers on our ETF desk. Thanks, Matt and Chris, for joining me today. Great to be here. So it's an exciting week. Uh, lots going on in the headlines. And another thing, uh, BMO ETFs just launched uh, new ETFs. So we're going to dive in and uh, learn about a few of these different things. So first off, Matt, we'll start with you. Uh, the Bank of Canada meeting happened this morning. Can you give us some insight on what came out of that meeting and what this means for the markets going forward? Yeah, absolutely, Mackenzie. And yeah, today is Bank of Canada Rate Decision Day. It's definitely been a day that's been on the target of many people's calendars since we've uh, turned to 2023. You know, we're recording about an hour after the the decision uh, on Wednesday, so you know this will be a quick take on what the decision was and the immediate aftermath that we see. So. As expected, the Bank of Canada increased the overnight rate by 25 basis points to 450 in what many expect to be the last of this hiking cycle. Uh, the pause, uh, they, you know, the, the expectation of a pause is to see how the economy handles it uh, and see how, uh, you know, if, if the higher interest rates will really start to make a meaningful impact on inflation. The immediate market reaction is that uh, they do expect that the Bank of Canada will pause and hold tight uh, for the next few meetings. Uh, that was very evident as we saw yields uh, start to fall across the board. You know, one thing to keep track of, though, you know, if we look at the uh, consumer and business survey from December uh, that was just released, uh, some there was some concerning news that came out of it. Uh, you know, while the Bank of, Bank of Canada feels that higher rates are starting to have a meaningful impact on combating inflation, the survey results suggested that the public is expecting inflation for longer. 
So this is worrisome because uh, for the Bank of Canada, it shows that inflation is starting to become entrenched. And if that's the case, it will take longer for those interest rate hikes to start making a real impact. So this is really kind of that push and pull where, you know, if the if the public and businesses start to expect inflation for longer, they're not they're going to be less willing to bring down prices which would keep inflation higher for longer. So this is something that the Bank of Canada definitely wants to get away from. So, you know, they're going to wait and see and start to to feel out how the economy really starts to bear and deal with these higher prices. As such, if we're we're looking at inflation break-evens, you know, since that survey was was released, uh, we saw break-evens actually, or inflation break-evens actually rise uh, in uh, since December, so rise in the new year but they still do remain low relative to realized CPI. So we're looking at realized CPI is around that 6.3%, and you're looking at five-year inflation break-evens at about 1.8, which again, that's, a, that's about 10, 15 basis points higher than, than the beginning of the year. Uh, so there's still lots of room to go. To go. We still have lots of pricing uh, pressure to push, uh, push prices down to get to that 1.8% target. But I think the Bank of Canada, you know, they, they stayed firm in their commentary. So if you look at actually what they said in their rate decision, I think they've risen the bar again, making a pause that much more of a certainty. So explicitly what they, what they said was, if economic developments evolve broadly in line with our outlook, we expect to hold the policy rate at its current level while we assess the impact of the cumulative interest rate increases. So this is kind of doubling down on, on the December's comments that the decisions are going to be data dependent. This is now saying, you know, we are comfortable with where, where the policy rate is. And now we're going to just wait and see and see the impact it has before we even consider future uh, rate hikes. So at that point, I think the market is expecting, and I think we all expect a little bit of a pause from the Bank of Canada. I think there's going to be some stability in the near term with uh, some interest rate policy. And this might be the news that investors have been looking for to move towards some longer duration product or adding back duration to their portfolios. You know, uh, Alfred Lee put out a great strategy piece at the end of the year, uh, advocating a barbell strategy, taking advantage of short-term credit and long-term exposure. And this would go in line with what that that strategy piece would say as as investors potentially look to add back duration, uh, you know, with the expectation that we are in a more stable interest rate uh, environment going forward. Great. Thanks, Matt. And thanks for that update. Definitely timely. The other exciting thing that we've seen uh, today or on Thursday, January 26th, is that BMO ETF launched uh, a suite of new ETFs. Uh, In particular, we expanded the Covered Call lineup, launching BMO Covered Call Energy ETF, ticker ZWEN, and BMO Covered Call Healthcare ETF, ticker ZWHC. Chris, can you just give us an overview of these ETFs? For sure. Thanks, Mackenzie. And uh, always exciting when we're launching uh, new ETFs here at BMO. So, uh, you know, very excited to, to bring another kind of suite of innovative products to the market. Um, you know, just to back up, you know, we've we've been a leader in the cover call space. BMO ETFs actually established the cover call ETF space in Canada uh, back in 2011 with our first cover call ETF, the Cover Call Canadian Banks ZWB. 
we've since obviously expanded that lineup and and are now you know the leading cover call ETF provider uh, with approximately two thirds of the market share in, in cover call ETFs. Um, so very excited to bring these two sector strategies to the market. So they're going to fill gaps in in terms of that sector component, satellite positions to the portfolio. But starting with uh, well, starting with both of them, like Matt said, you know where rates are expected to uh, pause here, but you have interest rates at four and a half percent. You still have CPI north of six, although it has been coming down uh, a little bit month over month, which is which is good. Um, but looking at tools that can kind of add value and deliver extra income on top of those higher rates, you know, is where the cover call suite fits in really nicely. So, you know, just starting at a high level with the energy, the ZWEN, the approximate yield could be targeting off the bat is about 8%. You have about 3.8% coming from the underlying dividend yield. Now, energy is a sector where we've seen dividend yield increases in the past year. You know, the wind has certainly been at the energy's back. It was the top contributing sector in Canada in 2022 by by quite a long ways. You look at some of the things that drove to that strong performance. You know, they're still happening. Geopolitics, unfortunately, in some ways are still supporting oil prices when you see, you know, geopolitical conflict. The other thing that's happening that's getting a lot of talk is, is China reopening, and that can be productive for energy prices and, and industrial production, you know, despite concerns of, of a slowdown as well happening. So, you know, very innovative uh, exposure that holds, you know, blue chip, large cap energies uh, that are listed in North America, but have global exposure. And so, again, uh, approximately 8% yield on that to start. We're also uh, launching a healthcare ETF. So switching over to healthcare, the ZWHC will be a little lower yield. The healthcare's don't have a strong and underlying yield, but again, using option premium to generate income is, is how we're gonna create the yield in this product. And I think where it can fit in is a couple ways. Number one, healthcare is, is uh, generally speaking, a more defensive sector. And we are expecting, you know, challenges in, in 2023, similar to how we had in 2022. So playing defense, uh, being diversified, I think is always, you know, a good approach. And, you know, as, as we know, in Canada, there really isn't much of a healthcare sector. So you do have to go to the U.S. We have some healthcare ETFs that just don't uh, have cover calls, but now we have that cover call option with the ZWHC if you want to enhance the income further. So, you know, excited for both of these to uh, help clients generate income, you know, fill those holes and, and it, you know, if there are any in their, in their portfolio and, and create a more kind of robust or, or more uniquely tailored portfolio that, uh, you know, can help them achieve their objectives. Great. Thanks, Chris. It's good to see more products coming out. Save the date. The BMO ETF's virtual economic forum is coming to you on February the 8th. Join industry-leading experts as they share their rapid-fire perspectives and insights for the year ahead in a can't-miss 90-minute event. Register now at bmoetfs.ca. Switching gears on the fixed income side. Uh, so we are also launching two new core fixed income ETFs. So BMO U.S. Aggregate Bond Index ETF, ticker ZUAG which is available in hedged, unhedged, and .u, so that's U.S. dollars. And as well, BMO U.S. TIPS Index ETF, which is the ticker TIPS, 
nice and easy to remember, also available in Hedge, Unhedged, and USD. So Matt, maybe you can give us uh, an overview of these new core fixed income products as well. Yeah, absolutely, Mackenzie. And it's definitely uh, two building block pieces to our fixed income suite. You know, that's six tickers to give you you know, any way do you want to play the 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 currency aspect of these U.S. fixed income uh, products? You know, I do really view both of these as core portfolio building blocks, and you know, I think they are priced extremely competitively and are well suited and well timed for the current environment. So, definitely something to consider. You know, as you may be looking to adjust your portfolio with uh, kind of that changing rate environment that we just discussed, uh, um, kind of going forward in 2023. So the first product I'll chat, I'll talk about is uh, that U.S. aggregate bond ETF, that ZUAG. So this uh, is using the landmark Bloomberg index that covers the entirety of the U.S. fixed income market. Uh, it's the largest market in the world. So you know when you're looking at for a, a diversifier within your fixed income portfolio, you know many uh, investors have been looking for ways to diversify away from just a you know, solely Canadian exposure, you know, that ZUAG gives them an excellent option as a true portfolio building block to add to that diversification and add a little bit more global and international exposure to their fixed income portfolio. Firstly, you know, it's priced at eight basis points, you know, so that is at least 10 basis points cheaper than any of the Canadian alternatives. You know, we really wanted to price this as a true core portfolio building block, a core position within fixed income portfolios. And I think that eight basis points, which is aligned with our uh, ZAG, our aggregate bond uh, Canadian uh, bond universe, I think that makes them too uh, very, very attractive for that core beta exposure that a lot of investors are looking for. From an exposure perspective, you're getting a yield premium of about 30 basis points relative to ZAG with about a shorter duration of about six years. So you're getting about a, a year shorter duration in the U.S. universe versus uh, the Canadian universe. This duration positioning could be uh, very attractive as we near the end of that hiking cycle in both Canada and the U.S. And we start to hear that investors are looking to add duration back to their portfolios. So, you know, I think for a while we've been, everyone's been going short. You know, this might be something to consider to, uh, as you add uh, duration back to your portfolio. From a quality perspective, the universe is actually quite unique. The U.S. market is extremely high quality exposure. It's about 73% AAA rated, uh, and it provides strong diversification benefits when compared to that Canadian market. So if you're looking at it from a correlation perspective, you're, you're getting a correlation in the 70s, you know, which is helpful from in, in, overall, uh, in, in reducing overall portfolio volatility. It has a deeper issuer base, uh, you know, given the U.S. market versus Canada, which will also help you diversify some of your sector overweights that we traditionally have in our Canadian exposure. So, you know, both of those uh, add to the complementary uh, piece in that kind of core building block of a, of a total uh, fixed income portfolio. And I think right now, ZUAG, ZUAG.F and ZUAG.U are all very well suited for the current environment. And, uh, you know, as you start to make your uh, changes to those portfolio allocations, I, I would I would strongly consider looking at the, the low price of eight basis points as a way to get exposure to, to the largest uh, fixed income market in the world. The next product uh, we are launching is the BMO US. 
tips ETF. And there's three tickers on that one as well, as Mackenzie said. Uh, TIPS, pretty easy, pretty straightforward. TIPS.F, which is the hedge version. And TIPS.U, which is the US dollar version. So, you know, as you know, everyone is continuing, you know, it's it's still a challenging environment for inflation. So although we we are expecting inflation to come down, you know, it's still a challenging environment for, for investors uh, on a day-to-day basis. You know, we launched the BMO short-term US tips ETF almost two years ago, and it's been extremely successful at, at helping investors navigate the the challenging environment. You know, at that time it was it was very very well positioned because it was short duration exposure as well as inflation pr- uh, protection. But, you know, as we look forward and as we look at a potential peak in rates, investors who still remain concerned about inflation may want to also lengthen their duration. So, TIPS tips allows you that full market tips exposure uh, with a duration of about 6.7 years. So it allows you to protect yourself from inflation while also adding uh, duration so that you know we're getting out of that uh, hiking environment. So you know we think this this uh, product is very well positioned uh, for the current market and and it's a very easy switch for clients who want to go kind of shorter duration into more either universe duration or longer duration. You know this tips product I think could be very uh, topical right now uh, as well. You know, if you are a Canadian investor, there has been some structural changes in the Canadian uh, real return bond market that make it much more difficult to access liquidity and real uh, inflation protection through real return bonds in Canada. You know, using something like TIPS.F would be an excellent solution to to remain or or to ensure that you had liquidity while also providing you that inflation uh, protection that you're looking for with that added. Uh, longer duration of of 6.7 years. It's uh, competitively priced at 15 basis points. And I think both of these strategies, you know, we we have priced them to be core building blocks within their portfolio. And I think investors, uh, I think investors are going to look to use them as uh, core pieces of their portfolios going forward. Great. Thanks, Matt. Switching over to you, Chris, and uh, switching gears a little bit, uh, we've seen real estate a lot in the headlines, and I think that's something that's always topical. Uh, Can you talk about REIT's performance in higher inflationary markets like we're in and the outlook for this sector as a whole? Yeah, thanks, Mackenzie. And so, yeah, switching gears from new products to existing ones. So I'm going to be thinking about the ZRE, which is the BMO Canadian Equal Weight REIT Index ETF, um, you know, equal weight exposure to the REIT market in Canada. We get this question about uh, about real estate. And I think so I'll I'll do a little bit of background, but, you know, to kind of tease the ending of where we're going is, you know, what we're thinking about is now that the rates are pausing, some of the uh, exposures that were negatively impacted by rates, you know, as Matt mentioned, long duration bonds, um, REITs is something that that we can think about as well. But uh, so we'll get there in a sec. But just to give a quick background, you know, I think there's a bit of push and pull with regards to REITs and higher inflation environments. Uh, you got you have some positives. You know, the big positives are that real estate is a real asset, and real assets tend to hold their value in markets with higher inflation. REITs as well, um, depending on the REITs, but in general, they have that ability to do uh, lease resets on a fairly regular basis. You know, so if you have new tenants coming into apartments or new business tenants, 
uh, or industrial attendance, et cetera, that, you know, we all know uh, the rental market is quite hot uh, right now. And, you know, REITs do have that ability. So that helps them reset to inflation as well by resetting those leases as, as, as inflation goes higher. So those are the positives. Uh, the negatives is, you know, REITs are subject to uh, changes in funding markets. So rely on longer term funding markets. And with interest rates increasing, you know, that makes the cost of capital higher, obviously. And um, and so the hurdle rate for some of their projects to be accretive, it makes it a higher hurdle rate. So so in short, there's a couple of good things and there's, there's kind of a, a, a negative thing. And I think, so what you saw last year, you know, I think uh, was really the negatives out sh- overshadowing the positives because let's face it, increasing interest rates and inflation was was certainly the dominant theme. Um, so we saw a negative impact and we saw it not just in REITs, we saw it in utilities as well. Some of these sometimes are called bond proxy type equities. Um, but 2023 is a new year, obviously. Uh, year of the rabbit, I believe, right as well. So we're 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 off to um, we're off to a new start. You know, incidentally, one of my colleagues told me the year of the rabbit has been historically the most profitable for equities of all the of all the uh, of all the animals. So that's that's one good thing. Um, but the other good thing in terms of these types of exposures is with interest rates moderating, that negative headwind that I spoke about is. I won't. I wouldn't say out of the picture, but it's certainly um, you know becoming less of an issue, and I think that's true of fixed income of other you know these type of exposures as well. There's been a significant recalibration, so I think as we enter the year, uh, some of these strategies are on a much better footing, and you know indeed we've seen uh, REITs perform quite well to start the year. So year to date, uh, the ZRE is up nine percent, uh, the TSX is about up six and a half. So I think 2023 is, is setting up well for the REITs. You know, if we do have economic weakness and, and rates need to come down later in the year, I think that will tend to favor REITs as a defensive sector versus the broad market. Um, but if we have a very shallow weakness, you know, again, I think REITs having kind of gave it, you know, uh, underperformed last year, I think it sets up better for this year. So uh, do like the REITs this year now that interest rates have normalized and, you know, think it sets them up for better fundamentals in the uh, in the months and kind of years ahead. Great. Thanks, Chris. Would you like to hear more from BMO Global Asset Management's team of investment experts? Check out the BMO Market Insights podcast. These timely, client-friendly episodes deliver the latest news and commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing, with a focus on exchange-traded funds. Available now at bmoetfs.ca, that's bmoetfs.ca, or on your favorite podcast platform. And the last thing we want to talk about is the new taxes on buybacks that just came into effect in the U.S., and will come into place uh, next year in Canada. What does this mean for dividends and specifically ETFs that are focused on dividends? Right, so just to uh, just to lay the groundwork, so what is a stock buyback? Well, this is when a stock has excess cash and you'll typically see them in more mature companies, but they have you no know, excess cash and they don't necessarily have new projects to invest in, and so they return that cash to shareholders. So typically, when you see you know 
typically dividends is the most common route to return cash to shareholders, but there's also stock buybacks. And that's where the company will go out and buy back its shares on the, um, on the prevailing market, you know, so on the exchange, they'll go back and buy their shares. And so it's a very similar effect to a dividend. It's, it's money being returned to shareholders, but in the case of a buyback, it's being returned through the form of lowering the existing share count, uh, which makes all the remaining shares worth a little bit more. So investors will see the impact of a buyback through a, a, a higher price, all things being equal. So that has attractions for investors for a few different reasons. One is it's nice to have that, uh, you know, that would be on the capital gain side of the book in terms of a taxation. The other reason you like buybacks is because generally speaking, companies that are doing buybacks, um, you know, are quite profitable and have, are generating a lot of cash flow. So there tends to be a nice dynamic there as well. So buybacks have been popular in the market. And now what's happening, of course, is the government wants to put a tax on buybacks. So Canada has proposed a 2% tax on buybacks that's going to come into force on uh, January 2024, so the year after next. Uh, the U.S. did something similar. They did a 1% tax that just came into effect this year, so January 2023. What is going to be the impact of that? You know, I don't think, you know, these taxes are a major game changer. Uh, but I think what you will see is companies, you know, may choose to uh, companies who are buying back stock already may divert some of that buyback program to the dividend program. So I think it's good, you know, it's it's expected this is going to benefit dividend paying stocks. So within our, you know, our dividend suite of ETFs, where we really focus on blue chip dividend payers. So these types of companies that are generating very solid cash flow that can, you know, cover the dividend. Uh, where that's the focus, you know, we're expecting a little bit more of a tailwind from this policy and and potentially increase dividend payouts across some of these companies where this could this dynamic could come into play. So, you know, uh, we've talked about the benefits of of dividends, you know, in terms of being invested in higher quality blue chip companies that are earning cash flow held up well in the challenges of 2022. And with some of those challenges spilling over this year, still, you know, we still like dividend companies. And, uh, you know, this is just another, uh, you know, uh, silver lining to dividend-based companies where they could see a little bit more of a push on the dividend side, you know, from this taxation announcement. So overall, good for dividend-paying companies. And and, um, and and we do, at a higher level, continue to like, the, or, you know, dividend-paying companies um, to help navigate some of the challenges of 2023. Great. Thanks, Chris. Um, those are all the questions for this week. Uh, it's definitely an exciting week for us here at BMO ETFs uh, with the launch of our new ETFs. Uh, if you do want to learn more about uh, the suite of ETFs that we have launched, I encourage you to check out our ETF dashboard, which is bmoetfs.ca. And there will be a whole suite of information available for you uh, to read about and uh, to find out more information about each product. And with that, I just want to thank both Matt and Chris for providing some great insight this week. And thank you all for tuning in and enjoy your day. Thank you. Thank you to Mackenzie Box, Matt Montemuro, and Chris Heeks for joining us on the BMO ETFs podcast. Today, we heard about the BMO Covered Call Energy and Covered Call Healthcare ETFs, tickers ZWEN and ZWHC, respectively. 
Two new funds introduced by BMO ETFs as of today, January 26th, investing in blue-chip North American equities with income-producing covered call overlays. Our experts also discussed two new just-launched U.S. fixed-income ETFs, the BMO Aggregate Bond Index ETF, ticker ZUAG, which provides investors hedged or unhedged access to the largest bond market in the world, and the BMO U.S. Tips Index ETF, ticker TIPS, which gives investors longer-duration U.S. bond exposure. For more information about the ETFs discussed in this podcast, check out the episode notes, contact your regional BMO ETF specialist, or visit the new and improved Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. That's bmoetfs.ca. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives, and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. Commissions, management fees, and expenses, if any, all may be associated with investments in exchange-traded funds. Please read the ETF facts or prospectus before investing. Exchange-traded funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. BMO Global Asset Management is a brand name under which BMO Asset Management Inc. and BMO Investments Inc. operate.